Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. We'll pick up on our series called Freedom. We will be doing this series over the next couple weeks um, as we go into Father's Day season. And uh, so um, today I want to talk to you. I, don't, I, have a, I have a subject line, and it's, it's real simple, and it's, we're going to talk today about strongholds. We've been talking about um, freedom. We've been talking about whether we eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, whether we eat from the tree of life. And we've been, we've been discussing freedom issues. And today, um, one of the biggest plagues I believe we deal with are strongholds. And we're going to describe what those are according to the Bible. You know, most of your battles are not the devil. Most of your battles are between your ears. And uh, whether we realize this or not, we all have thinking issues that we must deal with. And we're going to dive into that today. But before we do, I want to read a couple of scriptures to you to show you what Jesus came to do in your life. Come on, how many excited about that? You want to know what Jesus came to do in your life, and I can tell you it's much more than save you. It's to transform you. Listen to what Luke chapter 4, verse 18 says, and I'll be reading now the New Living Translation. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, this is Jesus, and he says, for he has anointed me, or the word anointed just means uh, painted on ability of God. That means he had to have his Father bring a presence of the Holy Spirit, even in Jesus' life, to, for him to endure and walk in the earth the way he's supposed to. So he says, he's, he anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He, he has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. That the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That the oppressed will be set free, that blind eyes will be opened. And that's not just physical, that's spiritual eyes. We all born into this world blind from the things of God because of sin. And the Bible says that he came to set us free, that we could see that we have experienced oppression in our life, and he came that we might be set free. Acts chapter 10, verse number 38 says this. It's his description of Jesus. He says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And Jesus went around doing good. And healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Notice what he says. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. God wants to do something good in your life. God wants to break you of the things that has inhibited you from walking fully in the thing that he has for your life. That there is something of an oppression and a weight that he wants to get off of you because he has freedom for you. Third verse is found in 1 John 3, 8. It says, but when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil. We're not going to get into that, but it's pretty plain. Sinning, devil. That's it. Now listen to what he says, though. Who has been since, be since the beginning? But, we've all been in the place of sinning, but notice what it says. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. That Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to set the oppressed free. And you're like, well, I'm not, I'm not like possessed. Like I don't walk around grrr, oppressed of the devil. No, oppression is from the exterior. 
And there are things that create oppression in our life. There are depression and oppression and, and mental things that we go through. There's life stuff that happens that creates this oppression about our lives. That's not Jesus' plan for you. Jesus' plan for you is that he might destroy those things in your life so you can fully walk with him. I felt my help coming because I've been up for a long time after this grad party, so I'm here we go. You ready? 1050, here we are. Stronghold, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3. Verse number three says this, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. In other words, when it comes to walking with God, when you were born again, you weren't dropped into an incubator, you were dropped into a war zone. When you said yes to Christ, it wasn't, it wasn't okay, well, now I'm just this baby Christian. We kind of we do that, but what you have to realize is being a baby, yes, but at the same time, you're born into a war. When you say yes to Christ, and a lot of people get this wrong, they think, well, everything's going to be perfect. No, you're miscalculating what you're doing. See, because, you know, uh, when you start going against the grain, the enemy doesn't like that. And when you say yes to Christ, what you're doing is you're going against the grain. You're going against everything society wants you to be and what society wants you to become. And when you start going against the grain, no, it's not going to be out tiptoeing through the tulips and, and it's all fun. Listen, every rose has its thorn. Come on, somebody. The point is, is that he says this. Listen to what he says. He says, we don't war like the devil. We don't war like the world. Meaning we don't just try to reason this thing. We don't, try, we don't just try to do it the world's way. He says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Now here's the problem. We most, most people don't know their weapons. You Come on, man. You ever seen Forrest Gump, the movie? You remember when they had to take the gun apart, like super fast, and Bubba Gump was like, he was like, what in the world? And he was trying to put it together, and Forrest Gump put that thing together, and and Bubba was behind and couldn't get in. Forrest, like, put the gun together back. Why they want you to get familiar with your weapon? If you've been in the military at all, you know they want you to get familiar with your weapon. Why? Because there's an enemy out there that's going to be shooting at you. And if you're out there going, well, what going to do with this thing? If it jams, how am I supposed to fix it? They want you to know it. Listen, most Christians don't know their weapons. Most Christians are walking in this world, in this war called the world, walking in situations, and they want to win, but they can't win. Why can't you win? You don't know your weapons. Come on, somebody. In order for to fight effectively and to win, you have to know your weapons. He says, on the contrary, the weapons that I give you have divine power. Divine power, not natural power, not power that just kind of, no, no, it's divine power. It comes from heaven. Then he says this, he says, to demolish strongholds. There's three things. We demolish arguments, we demolish strongholds, and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, or in other words, God's truth about you. Here's the idea, up against the knowledge of God. So there's strongholds, God has given us power over strongholds, over pretensions. What's a pretension? Things that pretend in our life to be those things that come against the knowledge of God. What's the knowledge of God? God's truth about you. See, you might not see that right now. And see, when you're dealing with strongholds, you're dealing with arguments, you don't see exactly what God has for you. See, God has truth for you. He, see, you, he sees it, but you don't see it. And then he says, and we take captive, and we learned about this. It's like a wrestler 
We take captive every thought. Say every thought. Doesn't that sound exhausting? Every thought you think that's contrary to God's knowledge, you're supposed to take captive. Now, if you think from the realm of I'm going to wrestle this thought with the world system, meaning, all right, if there's insufficiency, then I can just add more stuff to my plate, and that will make me feel significant. That's not the way this thing works. That's a world's way of thinking. The Bible says that every captive thought, every thought must be taken captive to make it obedient to Christ. We make it obedient to Christ. The word Christ is not Jesus' last name, it's his function. The word Christ means anointed one and his anointing. That he would come, that the anointing would destroy the yoke of bondage according to Isaiah 10, 27. That the anointing would destroy every stronghold, every pretension, and every argument. So if you're going to be free, you've got to get familiar with Christ. If you're going to get familiar with Christ, you can only do it through the word of God. You can't do it through your experiences. Your experiences, most of them lie to you. You have to do it through the word of God. The only way to wrestle and win and fight this thing, well, if I just get a better job, I'll be better. No, you won't. Because your job's not your issue. Your mind's your issue. Well, if I can just get a better marriage. Marriage ain't your issue. Your mind's your issue. You're insecure in your mind. You have a stronghold of insecurity. Your marriage will not work if you're insecure. You have to take God's word and begin to cast down and captivate and put into a holding cell every thought that says, listen, it should be over. We should file for divorce. I I'm never going to get free of this addiction. I'm going to constantly be this way. No, 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 no. That's what the world says. That's what the doctor said. But what does Jesus say? He's the way, the truth, and the life. And man, his word trumps every argument and pretension and stronghold of the enemy. Woo! Here's a stronghold. A stronghold is this. It is a prisoner locked by deception. It is a walled city in your mind, is what it feels like. See, and uh, a prisoner locked by deception. Uh, in, when they train elephants, and uh, when, they, when, they're, when they're training elephants, you know, elephants are powerful. My wife went to Uganda, and she had one come at her at a safari. And them things ain't no joke. Like, you think they're cute. <laughs> Look at little, but no, them things ain't crazy. And in the open jungle, they like their, their big ear things. They sound like jet planes when they start moving them things, and they start rushing at you. She said it was the scariest thing she's ever experienced in her entire life. The point is, is that these animals are strong and powerful. However, when you train a, you know, you go to the zoo and you see the animals and they're hanging on this little rope and they're there they are, they're just walking around their rope. They got a little stake in the ground. Looks like I could pull the stake out. Well, what they do with animals and, and elephants is they put a chain on them and they put a chain on them first and what happens is, is the elephant gets familiar with this chain and realizes he might not be able to break this chain. So what it does is he'll go so far, and he can only go so far. He won't try to break through it. And then over time, what they do is they take the chain off, and they put a little rope upon the, the, the foot of the elephant. Because the elephant has been trained, he's got all power. He's powerful. He can break through the chain. He can break through the rope. But because they were able to convince him that this is what restricts you, 
That in it, the, the mind of the elephant, though he's all-powerful, he doesn't see his power that's available to him. And so what happens is, is they put this rope on him, and you see these elephants, tons of elephant activity, big things, walking around on a little rope. They've been trained to accept their stronghold. And listen to me today, they are, they are one decision, these elements are one decision to go, listen, I'm more powerful than this rope. They don't even, if they just take a second and think about how powerful they are, they could break through a chain, they could break through a rope, they run your car over. I mean, these things are legit, but for some reason, in their mind, they can't get over the fact that they're tied to something, yet more powerful than the thing they're tied to. And this is most Christians. We don't realize how powerful we are, that we, that we might be, it might feel, you might be just one decision away from breaking every chain, releasing you from every rope, releasing you from every stronghold, but you've made up in your mind, you believe the, you believe the lie of the devil, you believe the lie of society that says this is the way it's always going to be, this is how I was raised, this my experience, this was my past, and I can tell you this morning, that's all hogwash. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth that he would break every chain in your life that you could be free. Here's what Beth Moore says about a strongheart, her definition. It says, anything that exalts itself in our minds pretending to be bigger or more powerful than our God. Anything pretending to be. Oh, that man, that's one of them things we wrestle. Anything pretending to be bigger and more mightier than our God. It's that rope that we've been believing, that lie we've been believing. And what you have to understand, when you believe the lie, you empower the liar. When you believe the lie, you empower the liar. Luke 10, 19 says, but listen to what Jesus says about this. He said, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. I don't literally mean go out and hang out with snakes and scorpions. What he's saying is every opposition to my truth, I've given you the ability and all power and authority to crush them, and nothing by many means will hurt you. Hear me today. Here's what the Bible says in this verse. There's two words for power in the original language. The first one is dunamis. The enemy has dunamis. Dunamis means dynamite. It means explosive power. However, the second word in there is exousia. It's the word power or authority. So Jesus said, I've given unto you authority over the power or the dunamis of the enemy. Notice what he said. The enemy has power, but he doesn't have authority. The only way he gets authority is if you give it to him. So Jesus said, listen, Jesus said, dear God, I didn't think I was going to be this fired up today after all that yesterday, dear God. Okay, amen. Thank you. Thank you for the caffeine, Jesus. Amen. It's the anointing. Amen. Listen to me this morning. He, he, says, he says, behold, I give unto you authority. Authority is the right to use the word of God to demolish every stronghold. Listen, let me just, let me just help you today. Quit whining, complaining hoping that what you're whining and complaining about goes away. Whining and complaining don't deal with anything. It just makes it more miserable. Well, I'm just an elephant. There I am. I'm walking around my little thing here. Here I am. Every day. These little kids throw me peanuts every once in a while. But here I am. This is my destiny and this is my purpose. It's like the children of Israel going around the mountain. 
constantly just going around the same thing. Uh, we would be better over in Egypt. I can't believe Moses is our leader. Look at him. He's all jacked up. Here we are walking through. We're just a bunch of, and all of a sudden you're just whining and complaining. But then you want to whine and complain that God's not doing anything in your life. God ain't going to do anything in your life if you keep whining and complaining about everything. Oh, I didn't get no amens on that. That must have happened on the way to church. Amen, everybody. Stronghold is living life by something that is not true. So here's some symptoms of strongholds in your life. Number one, they steal our focus. They steal our focus. This, this elephant has the ability to have greater focus, but he's too busy worrying about what he's chained to. Steal our focus. Symptoms of strongholds is they cause us to feel controlled. They cause us to feel controlled. They consume our emotional energy. Some of you need to listen because I'm identifying your symptom today. Let me be your doctor for a minute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to diagnose your symptom today. But at the end of it, I'm going to release the great physician on you to break everything. Distract us from our purpose. A stronghold will. If you won't come into your full purpose, finally it will rob us of abundant life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The abundant life of God is available to you. But listen to me, just like this elephant, you can't come into the abundant life of God walking from a world standpoint and dealing with your stronghold. So here's my prayer for you today. It's found in 2 Timothy 2.26. It says, here's the prayer. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants them to do. So my prayer today is that you would come to your senses and realize the greater one lives on the inside of you, that the word of God is more powerful than anything on the earth. The Bible says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the divider of sunning soul and spirit and joint and marrow and no the intent of everybody's heart. The Bible says that when he said, let there be light, there was light. That was his word. He, you know why we still have light? Because he never told it to stop. The word of God is powerful. He says that you would come to your senses and escape from the devil's trap. In other words, come into your identity and be released from everything the devil has for you. So how do we overcome these strongholds? Luke 11, 21 through 22 says this, when a strong man, armed to the teeth, stands guard in his front yard, his property is safe and sound. A strong man, this represents a negative thought. This represents a stronghold. This represents disobedience. The, the, what releases a strong man per se, a stronghold in your life is that disobedience. Then he says, but if a stronger man comes along with superior weapons, speaking of Jesus, then he's beaten at his own game. The arsenal that gave him such confidence hauled off and his precious possessions plundered. In other words, there's a strong man or a stronghold in your mind, but when Jesus enters your mind, come on, man, when you renew your mind, when all of a sudden, when a greater one comes and gets on the inside of your mind, listen to me, I've not always thought like I think. 25 years ago, I'm celebrating this month, 25 years of having Jesus in my life. And listen to me today, when I started 25 years, I had funky thinking. 
I was all bound up and broken. I was, so, I was so messed up in my thinking. But over the years, as I began to allow the truth of God's word to get into my life, that yeah, there was a strong man of my past. There was a strong man of addiction. There was a strong man that, that said, you're not good enough. There was that suicidal thing that came. There was this addiction that happened. And these strongholds happened in my life. But as I put Jesus first, I, put, I, I trumped him. You ever play euchre? Give me the right bar. Jesus is the right bar. And here's the point this morning, that when I allowed the stronger, the more superior, the one that, would, that conquered death, hell, and the grave to step into my mind, and I gave him attention, all of a sudden, something on the inside of me began to change, and all of a sudden, it was like everything just to begin to dissipate, that those strings and those chains began to come off my life. I started acting different. I started behaving differently. Why? Because I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was sick and tired of being addicted. I was sick and tired of being suicidal. I was sick and tired of those things. But when the stronger of the strong man came, he was superior. And when he came into my life, he set me completely free. But I had to give attention to it. Three things. Number one, take back your thought life. Take back your thought life. Romans 8, 5, and 6 says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. Listen, sin happens as a thought, not as an action. What do I mean by that? It starts as a thought. You didn't just wake up one day and be like, I'm just going to sin. No, no, you thought about it. I've counseled people that have been involved in affairs. Well, I just, I just fell out of love. No, you had a thought that you gave entertainment to that caused division in your marriage, and that's why the affair happened. Well, they wasn't meeting my needs. They're not supposed to. If Jesus is first, he's supposed to meet your needs. And that's just secondary to the game is that you have a spouse that's supposed to help meet your needs. But first of all, you're supposed to be meet, getting needs met through your relationship with Christ. So take back your thought life. If you're going to break a stronghold, you've got to take back your thought life. And you can't be dominated by sinful thinking or sinful things which means you can't feed upon the things of this world. What you feed on, you eventually begin to believe, and what you eventually believe, you become, and what you become, you begin to behave like it. I said a whole lot there. So you can't think sinful thoughts and participate in sinful things. He says, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there's death. You can't walk in abundant life if the sinful nature controls your mind. He says, but if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. That's what I want. I want life and peace. So what do I do? I have to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to control my life, begin to take root of the Word of God, become a part of me, and the Holy Spirit take that Word and begin to transform me. I have to take my thought life back. Listen to me today. Being a Christian, there is no magic wand. Come on, somebody. There is no quotient, uh, there is no equation that says, okay, if I do these three things, then bam, bam, there I am. I'm brand new. And it's not just going to fall off a tree. You have to take it back. You can't just sit back. You've got to take it back. You can't just let everything in your eyes and your ear gate. You can't let everything in your eyes and ears and into your heart. You can, you, listen, if you default to sitting back, the enemy, that's when he takes you over. That's when he strengthens the stronghold. But you have to take it back. Meaning you have to go into his camp in your mind with the word of God and you got to be, again, I'll get to the end point, amen. Number two, 
identify the lie. You got you to take back your thought life. Number two, you got to identify the lie. John chapter 8, verse 44 says, For you are the children of your father, the devil. <laughs> He's so plain. And you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth. Because there is no truth in him. Listen to me. Listen to this point. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. In other words, anything outside of this book of what Jesus said, the enemy speaks to your life is a lie. So get familiar with your weapons so you know how to deal with the lies. How do you deal with counterfeit money? The banking system, they teach people how to handle truth. So they take real money and then they get familiar with it. As they get familiar with it, they slip in counterfeit money, and as you're going through it, you feel the difference. Listen, don't, get, don't, don't worry about getting familiar with the devil. Worry about getting familiar with the truth, because when that lie comes, all of a sudden you're going to go, that's counterfeit. That's not what my daddy says about me. That's not what Jesus says about me. So you know what? Today I take captive that thought that tries to set itself up against the knowledge of God, and I take the word of God that says, by him I'm more than a conqueror. By him, all things are possible to him that believes. And all of a sudden now, you identify the lie. Identify the lie. When you believe the lie, you empower the liar. The next three weeks, I'm going to be dealing with three subjects. Addiction, financial, and sexual strongholds over the next three weeks. We're going to identify a lie. I really believe that as I'm, I'm searching through and I'm asking the Holy Spirit, what is it you want me to deal with the next three weeks? I'm going to take three weeks to identify those three lies. Now, don't put addiction in the category of just heroin. Some of you are addicted to control. Some of you are addicted to busyness. Some of you are addicted to people. Some of you are addicted to ho-hos. Amen, somebody. <laughs> addiction doesn't just come in the realm of drugs addiction has many forms some of you are addicted to other people's opinion some of you are addicted to liars comments about your self-esteem so we're going to identify the lie we're going to expose the lie and we're going to break the lie we're going to replace it with truth and we're going to watch freedom come and finally number three is we're going to replace the lie with God's truth. If we are going to successfully overcome strongholds, we must replace the lie with God's truth. Ephesians chapter 6 says this. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in his dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Verse 13. 
Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will, be st- you will be still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body of armor of God's righteousness. For his shoes put on all the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. In verse 17, put on, the salva- put on salvation as your helmet helmet of salvation renewing your mind he says and take the sword of the spirit which is the word of God in verse 18 pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere how do you replace the lie with God's truth he gives you two offensive weapons everything else is defensive the word of God which is the sword of the spirit and prayer Prayer is what activates the Word of God to help destroy the strongholds in your life. So he says, if you're, going to, if you're going to win, you must take back your thought life, identify the lie, replace the lie with God's truth. And the last two things is that you pick up the Word of God and prayer. And listen to me, folks. I know this is what I've been hammering. I know I've been talking about the Word of God. I know I've been talking about prayer. But listen to me. There's no other way. There is no plan B. It's plan A. And plan A is this word of God. If it doesn't become priority, you stay in your stronghold. You stay in your stronghold. You can't break free. You'll be like that elephant. One decision away. Just one decision away from recognizing who he really is. And what does the word of God do? It shows you and and develops you and transforms you into who God wants you to be. And all of a sudden, when you start to see who God wants you to be, now all of a sudden, as, you, as, you, as this stronghold, uh, uh, as you put the word of God in, 2 Corinthians 10 says that we take, uh, we, we captivate every thought that comes against us in the knowledge of Christ. In other words, here's the deal, is the word of God is activated in prayer. Prayer activates the word of God in your life. In other words, as you begin to put the word of God in, and all of a sudden you go into prayer, you're activating the sword of God in prayer. There's been many occasions where I've prayed for my kids, many seasons where I set the church aside for seven days. Nobody knows this. I set the church aside for seven days, and I prayed and fasted for my child. Why? Because they needed a breakthrough, and I'm their daddy, and I know how to fight. And so I get my sword of the Spirit. I don't run around wringing my hands of what's going to happen. No, I get the sword of the Spirit because this is what God says about my kids. This is what God says about their destiny. And I can't reason it out of them. There's been times I've wanted to cast it out of them, but I can't reason it out of them. But what I've had to do is take the sword of the Spirit into prayer and say, no, sorry. I'm not even, I'm not drawing a line in the stand in the enemy's camp. I'm stepping over the line that he created, and I'm going into his camp with the word of God and saying, Jesus, you said in your word that my kids are, are more than conquerors. You said in your word that my kids, that greater is he that's in them than he that's in this world. And all of a sudden, we're not drawing a line in the sand and saying, enemy stay over there and we're going to stay on our side no 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 if we're going to break a stronghold we must cross the line and we must get into his territory we must we must walk around in that and take the word of god which is a sword i don't know about you but i love gladiator that movie when they take that sword that big sword he comes through i mean they're going at it just chopping stuff all over the place body parts flying everywhere that's what it looks like in the spirit 
when devils and strongholds try to come against you, when you take the sword of the Spirit, which is God's Word, and whatever the stronghold is, and whatever the situation is, you activate God, you activate the angels of heaven, and all of a sudden the sword of the Spirit becomes the, the Word of God in your mouth and not complaining and whining about your deficiency, but all of a sudden the Word of God becomes forefront, it becomes a mirror, and you start seeing yourself as God sees you, and you see yourself as God sees you, and you begin to declare what God says, and an angelic host, and God himself takes his Word, and he begins to cut off the head of the enemy all around you you and in front of you and behind you and the past and the present and, and to the left and to the right and to the addiction goes and, and the bondage breaks and the chains fall off and the insecurity goes all of a sudden it just all begins to break off of you. Why? Because this is most powerful. So today where you at? Where you at? Where you at in this journey? You gonna continue to watch chicken noodle news? That's CNN. You gonna you're going to continue to live your life. The first thing you do in the morning is check your Facebook status and who liked your post. Are you going to get your face in the book so you can enjoy some freedom? Come on, man. we got a generation of kids that they're addicted to their phones. You can see it. It's like glue. Put it down once in a while. Why? Because this word of God, that phone is not going to form you into what God has for you. The Word of God is going to form you. And as you begin to get the Word of God in, all of a sudden, man, it doesn't matter what high school brings. It doesn't matter what college brings. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm different. I got my head back. My shoulders tilted. I'm in the Spirit. I love God. I love people. I'm in His Word. And I'm watching these chains just break all around me. And all of a sudden, when I get free, then I can walk up to somebody else and say, you know what? I'm not a passive Christian like most. Oh, shoot. I'm not going to be a passive Christian like most. No, I'm not going to be a part of the 95% that's never led anyone to Christ. No, you know why 95% of people haven't led anyone to Christ? It's because 95% of people are bound. But we're not going to be that kind of church. There's deliverance available in Jesus. And he loves you enough not to keep you all messed up in the way you are. So today, Father, in the name of Jesus, every person in this room that's in this room that says, Jason, something in that message today struck a chord in my heart that I need this, that I'm ready for this, that I'm going to wage war on the enemy, and I'm sick and tired of backing the lineup in my life. I draw the line, then I back up. I draw the line, then I back up. No, I'm ready to step across it and get the Word of God in my life to where I'm radically changed and I'm radically different. Anybody like that in this room? Will you shoot up your hand and you say, that's me, that's me. We stand, if it's you, I want you to stand. I'm not kidding either. When you stand, there'll be a mark. So be ready, don't play games. This ain't no game, this ain't no cool emotional church moment. This is, this is the real thing. There is a real spirit world, I don't care what you've learned growing up. There's a real spirit world. Jesus lives in that world. He lives in you and there's a real devil loose. And I'm not here as your pastor to placate that. I'm not here to just kind of help you tiptoe to the tulips. I want to give you some weapons that you can win with. So today, Father, whatever it is, you that have your hand, that are standing, just raise your hands to heaven right there in that chair. I believe right now as this process begins, something's going to break off of your life. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today for every person that is standing in this moment. 
with their hands raised to heaven. <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the word of God that even in this moment was searing the chains, was severing the ropes in this moment to begin a process of transformation and deliverance in their life. And I thank you today that they're drawing a line in the sand, stepping over it and saying, no more enemy, no more stronghold, no more emotional issues, no more mental issues, no more lack issues, no more addiction issues, that today I'm going to take the word of God and I'm going to cut off the head of the enemy in my life. And I today will experience the freedom of Jesus. And as I experience freedom, I'll be a light to the world. I'll let the light of God show right through me in Jesus' name. And so, Father, we ask today for every person be released from those things. Be, be set free from those things today. And I believe in Jesus' name under the sound of my voice that those chains break off their lives right now in the name of Jesus. And so we declare it, we believe it, we celebrate it that there's freedom in the house today in Jesus' name. Amen, everybody. Come on, give Jesus a big hand clap today. Come on, get on your Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com. 